It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Batted down by Benning at his own blue line. Put it around the four checker, but here could be trouble. Gregor lost it. Here's Kalorn moving in. Backskating, putting to the middle. Here comes the shot. Glove save. Made off Ian Cole by Kapo Kekkonen. And that comes with 7.46 gone by in the third. It's still 3-3. Gregor dishes off, now he can head off. It's Hurdle, Carlson, and Timo Meyer jumping on. Carlson with the puck, skates left to right in overtime. Cross the line, lead pass, moving to the net! Chance for Hurdle off his stick and off his skates, but he grabs it in the corner for the Sharks. Went back to Carlson on the point. Cuts to his right, walks into the circle, feeds in front, they score! Timo Meyer gets his 30th goal of the season to win it for the Sharks in overtime in Tampa. And a 12-game winning streak at home for the Lightning is over. Uh, who do you have in uh, goal tonight? Uh, Kapo will be back in that. And uh, any uh, changes in your lineup uh, up front or on defense? Nope. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for the Sharks to take on Florida today. Only one more game after today before we'll finally get the Sharks back in San Jose on Valentine's Day, and it's going with the same lineup that we saw last time. And just a little bit of news that came in after I recorded with Shang Peng a little earlier this morning. The San Jose Sharks just uh, put out there that they have recalled Nick Chichek from the Barracuda so that is uh, the latest news that we have on the San Jose Sharks. But, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about the Sharks going into this game. I think there is some consistency. I think there is some desire to try and make good on the ways that things did not go well up to the All-Star break this year. And maybe we will see a little bit of a of an upturn in performance. Maybe not, but I'm, I'm hopeful. And, I, you know, I saw something earlier on Reddit where somebody said, hey, guys, you know, we're not going to get the first overall pick. And I just, it's funny just to see that come in because for so long the conversation has been Bedard, 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 tank, 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 tank. And it's like, you know what? That could or could not happen. I would rather see the Sharks get a good draft pick while not being absolutely devastating in the way they lose and just try and move forward with what they're trying to implement with David Quinn. So, you know, whatever happens from this point on, in my opinion, I'm going to stick with the Sharks will get what they get in the draft right now. I would like to see them building towards something as opposed to continuing to tear it down. And maybe there is more teardown in terms of the roster construction or how it is constructed right now. There could be moves. There could not. There could be, you know, any number of things that happened. But right now, the Sharks are where they are. They're not the worst team in the NHL. And in my opinion, whatever happens with the draft happens. All right, with all that, we are going to get into some chatter about all things San Jose Sharks with Sheng Peng, who joins us now on the Sharks Audio Network. Sheng, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Not much. Uh, yeah, it's uh, so weird to not have been in the tank for uh, so long. Actually, I think that I, I, I missed this uh, 16, 25, and 11 team. Dude, it's it's crazy. Like, that's the thing is like, 
I, you know, I joked about it all then. I was like, yeah, we've all got a, a date to finally see each other again on Valentine's Day because the last <laughs> home game was the 18th. I mean, that is that is a stretch that we will have gone without seeing the Sharks in person. I'm sure the players will be that excited to see me. It'll just be like Valentine's Day again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, especially if you show up with roses and chocolates. I'm sure they will appreciate that. Um, you know, my, my first question to you, Sheng, because as always, I think about what things mean. If we were to start with James Reimer, Mm-hmm. not playing against Tampa, and once again, not playing tonight against Florida, as we heard David Quinn just a little bit earlier this morning saying they were going with Capo again. Is that to protect Reimer for a trade, or is that to roll with Capo because he's been playing well, or, or is it both? Where do you land on this? I think it's it's uh, really the latter more than anything. I don't think you see too often protecting somebody for a trade, unless it's really imminent. You know, if James Reimer gets dealt tomorrow, then... I take back what I'm about to say, <laughs> but they're not going to uh, uh, hold a Reimer, uh, you know, until the trade deadline. I mean, that's that's like three weeks away. So they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to shelf them for that long. It's because of how Coppola is playing. Let's give full credit to, to Coppola. He's had a very rough season. Uh, he hasn't been quite uh, what the Sharks have hoped for, to be honest, uh, after they traded Jake Middleton uh, for him, a pretty good defenseman and Jake Middleton for him last year. But. Last couple of games here, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, he's made a lot of big saves against very good opponents and kind of uh, saves that, you know, the uh, flashy, athletic things that you kind of associate with with Koppel. He's been making them, but he's also been making the saves that he should make too. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, the goalie makes those saves and then adds, you know, sprinkles a couple of highlight reel uh, ones on top of them. And he's been doing that. And so I think it's a full credit, full testament to to Capo. I mean, we talk about uh, Reimer. I mean, let's look last year. Reimer was on a trade block too. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really cut his his playing time, uh, you know, before then too. So no, they're not they're not trying to to protect the uh, James Reimer. And then the Kevin LeBanc situation. What do you make of that? Because uh, they, he, you know, his name has popped up in trade talks as well. I don't think he is being protected in the same way that I wondered about James Reimer. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder when we're going to see him in a Sharks uniform again out there on the ice, or maybe <laughs> if we have seen him for the last time. <laughs> well, the problem with with Kevin and I wrote about this yesterday is that even though he's been productive, um, his contract is too rich for a a team to take on uh for his sort of uh you know he's seen as fair or not he's seen around the league as you know offense first guy he's not going to do a a lot of other things uh, for you to help you win if he's not he's not producing he 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 can i think that's a little off and on when his game is on he does forecheck well well so i agree with you there but i think there's a kind of inconsistency there which is part of the reason why he's ended up in David Quinn's doghouse, and if you look in the past, even in Bob Bugner and Peter DeBoer's kind of yeah. doghouse, that the consistency of compete isn't always quite there with Kevin. Uh, at least I think that's 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 a kind of a shared reason that that all the coaches have sort of mentioned. I think, um, but anyway, though, there just isn't a lot of uh, trade value there. You know, spoke with a couple sources yesterday, and they said you know sources from outside the Sharks organization representing different teams, uh, angel scout, angel executive. And they both said you have to retain on him. Uh, Kevin LeBanc makes, I think a 4.725. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his cap hit uh, this year. And next year he's got one more year left on his deal, or you got to just swap him for an equally uh, onerous contract. 
So that's not a player with a ton of trade value that you've got to retain on. I mean, he's 4.725, 4.725 isn't really that much money, uh, at least in the NHL perspective. <laughs> not, no, I mean, yeah, not what our, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> if, if I want to recall but... correctly, after his 18-19 season, in which he had 57 points, 56 maybe. Yeah, 56, playing, yeah. Doug Wilson asked him to take um, a pay cut for the next year and that he'd be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And then that's, you know, we're, we're looking at a contract that's now years and years old. I mean, do you think another team would look at Kevin and say, yes, we can fix the issues? Because it is, I mean, he was being relatively productive this season up until the point he got pulled from the lineup, of which I understand why he doesn't jive with what um, David Quinn is wanting to do. But I do feel there is a relative inherent value that, if we're saying one team says, hey, we'll trade you our problem for another problem. Not that Kevin is a problem per se, but you know that works. It's like, hey, this guy isn't working for us. That guy's not working for you. Let's try and see if we can make something happen. Like, do you think other teams look at him and say, yeah, we can fix this? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's something to fix per se. I mean, just just that, you know, Kevin's 27. He is the player that he is. He is a, a talented offensive player. No question. He is a good offensive forward you put him in a position to put up points he can do that uh but the other areas of the game i don't know if those have progressed enough that for uh, another team he's like oh we got to put him in the lineup every, every single night and so i think with, with kevin you know maybe there's sort of uh going back to 2018-19 you know i think he was in a more protected situation he was playing mm-hmm. third line minutes um so it wasn't relied upon as much to say, you know, second, first line minutes were uh, sort of, you know, basically he could be covered up a little more. Team was better. If he made a mistake, uh, the Sharks could outscore that mistake. The Sharks are not able to outscore their mistakes, obviously, like they could in 2018, 19. And so anyway, um, I don't know if it's so much fixing. It's just he is sort of the player that he is. And so in terms of finding another kind of contract like his, it's possible. But then, you know, you have to find the team that wants to take on, let's say, you know, just for example, right? I, I use this in, in, the, in my piece yesterday. The Canucks just traded for Anthony Beauvillier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beauvillier uh, is also uh, has this year and next year on his contract. His cap it is $4.15 million. So then you just kind of look at the players. Like if you're Vancouver, well, do you like a Kevin LeBanc more than a Beauvillier? Uh, LeBanc is more offensively talented, but I think Beauvillier is seen as more of an all-around kind of guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the Canucks, do you, you know, in the position that they're in, uh, you know, do you prefer kind of one skill set to another uh, more maybe well-rounded skill set, right? Yeah. And so it's just sort of a matter of just like for teams to figure figure that out if there's sort of that kind of, change of scenery that can work for 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 uh for both teams uh but anyway it's just kind of a tough tough position because kevin is a good player he can help uh nhl team win games uh just i think has to be the right role has to be the right cap hit and his cap hit is kind of too high for 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 most teams to take on for what ultimately he is producing for you and so just kind of a tough position um in terms of just this season you know have we seen the last of kevin lebanc as far as we know uh, and i've kind of uh checked around on this and you know don't know for sure either way but i don't know if he's requested or trade or anything like that mm-hmm. i think right now he just you know he's just waiting for his turn and you know granted you know last couple of games uh the sharks have won their games even though they haven't necessarily played the best five on five but they have won both of their games and so that might be one of the reasons why uh you know david is sort of kind of keeps rolling with the with the same lineup uh but i assume that we will we will see him um you know before the end of the season in part just because i'm not really sure where he goes this year um 
in terms of uh, retaining on his salary, that doesn't quite make sense to me uh, uh, for at least for the Sharks this this year because you're going to mm-hmm. be retaining on Kevin LeBanc this year and next year. Yeah. And you only can retain on three players. And the Sharks are already retaining on Brent Burns. Uh, they're retaining on Brent Burns until 2025-26. So that's one slot gone. And what if you need to retain on, say, this 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 coming summer, Eric Carlson or another player, a longer, bigger contract? Yeah. And so why would you use a kind of a retaining slot for LeBanc, who just has, you know, this year and next year? Um, so I don't really see that happening this year. Uh, you know, the other thought is you can send part of his cap hit to another team, like a middleman team. The Sharks have done that before in terms of taking on other teams' cap hits uh, at the trade deadline. But the Sharks, again, in their position as a rebuilding, resetting team, whatever they're doing, uh, you know, it doesn't really make sense to send out a, a tangible asset for another team to 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 pick up uh, Kevin's salary. So I think this year, I think he just stays on a team. Also, too, uh, you know, uh, Kevin uh, is expecting for the first time. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And I believe uh, uh, his uh, his uh, his wife will be due in about a week or so. And he's just bought a home in San Jose, too. So I'm not sure if he, you know, obviously for his career, I think eventually he'll want to move if he's not getting opportunities. But maybe this year isn't the year for that, just for him. Not that he has any say on that. He doesn't have any kind of trade protection but that's that's another uh that's another kind of thought on on that too um also i wanted to add too actually and I'm, i i've been meaning to write about this um that and i actually spoke with kevin about this uh way early in the season and so i wanted to bring this up just as we're talking about about mm-hmm. kevin that uh his perspective when he took that one million dollar contract after his 56 point season which was ridiculously low yeah (laughs) (laughs) so there's been a lot of kind of uh of you know rumors and assumptions and you know kevin wouldn't say either way whether or not there was sort of some kind of you know uh deal in the drawer to kind of uh, uh reward him afterwards right but kevin took that deal for the team though uh, and, and I do, I do believe that he didn't have to take that kind of one year, $1 million uh, deal for the team. And, uh, you know, he, whether or not there was a reward or not afterwards, there's still the risk though that he could have got hurt that year. A lot of things could have happened in that year, that 2019, 20 season where he played for a million dollars, which again was, you know, you know, half the contract a third of the contract he should have got for a 56-point season. And so anyway, I know that's a little bit of a, of a side there, but I just wanted to kind of uh, just remind everybody about that, that that Kevin did, you know, did do that uh, for for the team. However things are going right now uh, with with this regime and with, you know, uh, the, 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 the Bugner regime, you know, things haven't quite worked out for Kevin as envisioned uh, when he signed his extension. But anyway... No, I mean it's it's fascinating. Before before I forget though, I wanted to ask you because we heard Bob Bugner talk about it last year, and we also heard David Quinn talk about it this year, and that was their respect and almost what sounded like a desire to emulate what Tampa's done. Now we know that obviously both those guys like Boston as well. Boston uh, with a new head coach, so I'm not as familiar with what they do as I would have been in the past. But with Tampa, one of the things that we see and Quinn talked about is how well they back check. Is there something in that that the Sharks can try, regardless of who their roster talent is, to to look at and and do that better? Or is there something that you look at with Tampa and you say, like, 
no, you specifically need to have these guys. Because what I see with with Tampa when I watch them is just the decision-making where they don't over-pursue, where they know where to get back. Like That's, mm-hmm. to me, what I see more than talent, although it doesn't hurt that they have such talented and smart players. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about just how you how you win games, right? You can outskill opponents, uh, and you can, or you can outsmart them, right? Or you can do both, like Tampa does. And uh, part of the reason why the Sharks are where they are is that they they work hard. That's another element. You can also outwork your opponent and mm-hmm. win games. And the Sharks consistently do work hard. I don't think there's too much of a question about that. But uh, can they always outskill the opponent? No, they cannot. Right? They're uh, kind of a top-heavy team. And do they always outsmart their opponents? Oftentimes, they have not. They've had a lot of trouble with that this season just making the right decision at the right time Mm -hmm. and um that comes down to yeah it does come down to you to your personnel a lot of times there and so i think it's one of those things where it's not that tampa tampa is special that they put sort of this collection of players together that you know do can do both right but if you're losing games like the Sharks have, you are kind of lacking in that area. Then so you have to sort of turn over the personnel, which I think the Sharks are trying, Mike Rear is trying to do, you know, mm-hmm. guy like, um, you know, Nico Sturm, right, is not the most skilled player, right? But there's never a question about uh, Nico's uh, work ethic. And also, too, Nico is you know, usually a very, very smart player. Yeah. For example, you know, I wrote a story a couple weeks ago about what Nico did uh, when he lost his stick. And how he defended without his stick, right? And that's a kind of uh, kind of smarts that I think that uh, Mike is trying to bring to the team, more of that compete. Um, and of course, the skill is there too. That's great too. But you know, of course, if you want skill, compete, and uh, and smarts, you know, that's probably a really really expensive player. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with this last one because I know you got to go. Any any prognostications on the next um, you know domino to drop here? Or- shoe to fall on what happens next with the San Jose Sharks in the trade front? Well, I'll be honest. I'm very upset at my career. Uh, I uh, was hoping that all these trades would happen here to trade deadline. And, you know, <laughs> I'll be able to get in my stories before, get in my rumor stories in before. And, you know, just, just like a normal GM. But, no, Mike's got to start making these deals. Uh, I mean, it's been a week and a half, I think, since Matt Nino's been dealt. And then uh, Jacob Magna got dealt uh, just, as, uh, just as I was about to sit down for dinner, I think. Right, on yeah, on a Sunday night at 6. <laughs> 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 so I don't know what to expect, you know, uh, you know, uh, we uh, haven't seen the, you know, uh, not uh, I haven't traveled with 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 the team on this sort of eight game uh, broken up uh, road trip. Uh, and so I haven't, you know, seen the guys in, in person since uh, since last month. But, you know, I think to myself, wow, you know, like maybe like I, I, I need to set up a, a Zoom with with some of these players while I can be. Who knows? You know, like Timo <laughs> Meyer could be dealt, you know, uh, tomorrow for all for all we know, you know, so sort of, uh, uh, you know, hanging on on, uh, you know, uh, ha- hanging on whatever pins and needles or whatever to see if uh, right. what players make it back from <laughs> from Washington uh, <laughs> from 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 uh, on the 12th. You know, maybe a player gets traded while they're watching the Super Bowl on the plane or whatever, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll see, they'll see it on the scroll. On the bottom yeah, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome, Shang. Well, I know you got to go, man. I appreciate your time as always. And I uh, I look forward to our, uh, our Valentine's date. All right. Yep. Sounds good, man. And again, that is Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports California joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for the San Jose Sharks to take on the Florida Panthers. 
But we are out of time, but be sure to join us at 3.30 for live pregame coverage as Dan Rusinowski will get you ready for the game, which starts, of course, at 4. And then tomorrow morning, I'll be with you at Morning Tide, first airing at 7 o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we recap the game that was. And personally, I am hoping for a three-game win streak. I'd rather talk about that than another loss, but we'll see how it goes, obviously. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.